Welcome back to the Manly Man's Podcast. This is your host, Adam Ariano, coming to you from beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. On today's quarantine edition of the Manly Man's Podcast, we'll be getting into some observations I've made during this quarantine uh, in my personal life and what I've seen on the TV and what how other people are spending their time. We're going to get into that. Later on in the podcast, we'll be getting into and talking about the documentary that just aired this Sunday entitled The Last Dance, which is the Chicago Bulls 1998 season and ultimately was the last season Michael Jordan and uh, the rest of the team uh, played together, including the coach. We'll get more. We'll get into that a little more later. Uh, But before I start this quarantine edition of the manly man's podcast i want to uh express that a lot of the things that i'm going to be saying on on today's podcast are strictly for entertainment purposes just like they always are however i do acknowledge that a lot of people out there maybe some of you guys listening out there might know someone who has lost someone due to the uh, coronavirus and i just wanted to express my deepest condolences to everyone out there that's listening uh, my heart goes out to you guys. Prayers for everyone. Um, I myself have had a, 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 a loss that, of a really close friend. Uh, uh, not necessarily due to the coronavirus, but during this time, it was uh, it, it was been a little hard to deal with. Uh, my homie uh, Desi Garcia, rest in peace, uh, passed away last week, and. Uh, it was kind of hard not being able to go to a funeral. Uh, so I do understand that. Having said that, I do understand that uh, you know a lot of people find themselves with heavy hearts. But that's why I'm making this podcast today. And we're going to keep it light and we're going to keep it moving. Uh, but I, I did want to address that. Uh, that I do understand that these are some uh, unprecedented times. I mean, you've heard that over and over. But uh, without further ado, let's get this show on the road. So... What has the manly man been doing to spend his time while he's been quarantined in his man castle? Well, a lot of what I've been doing, the first thing I've been doing is normally uh, if you guys are long listeners of the show, uh, you guys know this. I work uh, two jobs, uh, so I usually wear a work uniform. But being that I'm not working at either one of my two places of employment, I all I wear is a t-shirt and basketball shorts. Again, I said I live in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. The weather's supposed to hit this weekend. I believe it's supposed to, we're supposed to hit 102 here in Phoenix. So I've been going through a lot of my old t-shirts that I found. It's been kind of cool to kind of see a lot of t-shirts that I don't get a chance to wear uh, or haven't got a chance to wear in a long time just to kind of walk around here at the house, uh, around my house. And uh, it's kind of cool to reminisce when I got the shirt or where I was at or the certain memories that, that a t-shirt can bring you. Uh, I don't know if you guys have had that experience uh, as you guys are all quarantined at your house. Um, but that that's one of the things that, that I've been doing. Um, another thing that I've noticed while I've been quarantined here in my house, I've been watching a lot of TV, news, Netflix, Prime Video, all of my various streaming services. Um, but what's up with all the singing? I mean... Before the quarantine 
you never saw anybody singing unless they were a professional singer. Now everybody's quarantined at the house and I'm as guilty of it as the next guy. Look, I love music. I, I, I like listening to music, all kinds of music. Uh, and, and I sing in the shower. And if it was up to me, I think I'm the world's greatest singer as long as I'm in the shower. You always get the best acoustics when you're singing in the shower. However, I know that whoever's listening on the outside of the bathroom door, to them, it sounds like it's like uh, a cat is getting killed. And that's what it sounds like to me when I see all these people <laughs> online or on TV <laughs> singing from their house. It's absolutely horrible. That's why there's professionals, professional singers and the rest of us. And so I don't know what it is about the coronavirus, but it's brought the inner uh, American idol out, if you will, out of everybody. They just think everybody thinks they can sing now, you know, uh, maybe after the coronavirus, uh, people, if they really like singing that much, should go to their karaoke night at their local uh, watering hole or something. <laughs> but I just thought that was odd that, you know, a lot of people, for some reason or another, think uh, that all of a sudden they can sing now. Uh, which they can't, including myself. Um, the next topic of discussion is now that we're all quarantined and you guys be, uh, we're all trying to stay in contact with our loved ones and, and various things like that. And all the shows on TV from Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, um, you know, all the shows that have live shows are having to do it from their house. And these are people with money. And this is the point I'm trying to make. You know, you have to have some type of uh, microphone or, or, or listening device. And for some reason, last time I checked, we're in the year of our Lord, 2020. But everybody's headphones seem to be from 2006. You know which headphones I'm talking about? The the ones that first came out that Apple made famous. Not, not, the, not the AirPods. The old school ones that came out with the Apple iPod, the white ones. And all you would see was a black silhouette of somebody and the outline of the white headphones. Everybody seems to be using that from movie stars to singers, you know, top people in whatever industry. And it, and I don't understand why, you know, everybody seems to make a hoopla every Christmas season about the new headphones, you know, the new Beats headphones or the new Apple AirPods, anything like that. But yet when it comes to doing that, they're using... Uh, the old school headphones and I don't understand it because the Beats headphones and and the new AirPods have have microphones in them. Now, some people are using them, but but it's just something for you guys to stay entertained with. Next time you flip on the TV, either later today or whenever, notice how many people are using those. And I don't know where they got them or if they just recently purchased them or they kept them all those years. But I just think it's kind of hilarious to take a, a time travel, so to speak. Uh, back to 2006 or four or whenever those headphones came out, but it's been a long time, more than 10 years. So I just thought that was a little hilarious to me. That's one of my observations during my quarantine time. Another thing, another personal struggle uh, during my quarantine time has been trying to keep up with some kind of routine. I don't know how you, how you guys are faring with, with some kind of routine, but the manly man's host, Adam Ariano, I mean, it's kind of hard to get up in the morning knowing you, I don't have anywhere to go necessarily. Uh, you can't go to the park. You can't go to the gym. And we're all uh, trying to keep the doctors safe and everybody else safe by, by staying home with these stay at home orders. But, you know, they said uh, the other day on the TV that 
you know, trying to keep a routine, getting up at the same time like you normally would or, 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 or getting up at the same time every day and going to sleep helps with your mental sanity. But even going to sleep has been hard because um, I, I'm not going to work, so I'm not tired. Normally, by the time I come home from my uh, my work day, I mean, I'm pretty exhausted. Uh, usually, you know, say hi to the fam, say hi to the kids uh, and start getting ready for the next day. Um, so now I have all kinds of energy and, and just kind of just sitting around, you know, pacing around the house, trying to find uh, stuff to do, uh, home projects or whatever else, probably wash my vehicles like 10 times, whether they needed it or not, <laughs> just to stay busy. Um, and I can't fall asleep at night. So that's been kind of one of the things that I've noticed, um, is that, you know, without a routine, it's kind of hard to stay and the days are all kind of blurring into another, uh, the weekend doesn't even seem like the weekend anymore. I mean, normally I look forward to the weekends like most people do. Cause that's when I get to, uh, that's when I don't have to work, but now the weekend doesn't even seem like a weekend. Um, so I'm working on it. I'm trying to get some kind of routine, uh, going, you guys let me know how you guys are doing. If you got any suggestions for me, uh, let me know. Moving on in our show. Tomorrow is the NFL draft 2020. I can't wait to watch it. Um, it's something I watch every year. Uh, like I said, I'm kind of an NFL nut when it comes to those kind of things. Uh, but now with this quarantine, it's affecting a ritual that me and my son do every year. Me and my son will go to our local hat shop um, and we get whatever draft hat for he likes the Arizona Cardinals I like my Dallas Cowboys and and it's a ritual we do we go pick out whatever draft hat we're gonna want usually there's two or three of them to pick out and we'll pick whatever one we like uh we get it embroidered in whatever font uh we we happen to like my son has his particular font that he likes old English and he gets his name on his hat and and I embroider my last name on on my hat in a specific font and, and it's just kind of a thing that we look forward to we're not gonna get to do it this year now, I know you can still order hats online and everything, but it's not the same because I like to try on the different hats and see how they look to pick out which one I want. Now, if I don't like how it, how it looks, I have to wait to send it back and and everything like that. So I'm kind of bummed about that, but I'm happy about the draft. Um, don't know what it's going to look like. It's uh, ESPN was doing a dry run the other day to see how they were going to do it with all these players. Uh, everybody's bandwidth and wi-fi doesn't work every uh the same in different parts of the country and so that's going to be interesting to watch and i hate the delay uh the time delay when you have to kind of wait for a couple of seconds so you feel like you need to start talking but by then the other person's talking is kind of that weird awkwardness of no you talk no you talk so we'll see how that works out but it'll be interesting um in other in other nfl news the arizona cardinals the hometown team here somehow Stole DeAndre Hopkins from the Houston Texans for washed up David Johnson. I don't know how they did that, man. That was a crime. I mean, I'm happy for my son's team, but how do you let DeAndre Hopkins go for David Johnson? The Cardinals are looking pretty nice on that side of the ball with Kyler Murray, Larry Fitzgerald still on the team, and DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. And then they also have Christian Kirk. So, they're looking pretty good on that other side of the ball. So uh, I would assume that the Cardinals in their first round pick are probably going to take an offensive lineman. 
um, to to give Kyler Murray time to throw throw down the field because DeAndre Hopkins, as fast as he is, still needs time to get down the field and and uh, we'll see how that plays out. In other NFL news, unless you've been living under a rock, Tom Brady finally left the Patriots for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and head coach Bruce Arians. Now, at first, you know, I didn't really understand the move other than, you know, he wants to prove that he can win without Bill Belichick. And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get into the male ego part of it. We've talked about the male ego a lot on the Manly Man's podcast. We'll get into that when we talk about uh, the last dance documentary on the other side of the break. But, you know, Bill Belichick, they won six titles together. And, uh, and I'm talking about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the only reason that I could see him playing is because he, I mean, he wants to prove that he can win without Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick's going to keep coaching until he wins one. So that's going to be interesting to watch. On another note about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just last night, I saw that Rob Gronkowski is coming out of retirement. I thought he was going to do the whole WWE thing, which he did. He looked okay at WrestleMania and actually great. He looked more than okay. He looked great. I mean, and he can always go back to that, I guess. But he's coming out of retirement to join up with Tom Brady, his main guy in Tampa Bay for a one-year deal. That's going to be interesting to watch. On another related note, Tom Brady is also quarantined like the rest of us. And I guess he was working out uh, (laughs) at a local park somewhere there in Florida. And the park rangers had to tell him to go home. That the park was closed down. So it's kind of nice and refreshing, at least for me, the host of the Manly Man podcast, uh, to see that everybody's struggling with the quarantine. And he is married to a supermodel wife. He's renting Derek Jeter's huge mansion. If you guys are interested, Google Derek Jeter's mansion that Tom Brady is renting while he's going to be in Florida. And he doesn't even want to stay there. He could throw passes from there, but he went to a park and they told him to go home. So I thought that was really funny. Um, looking forward, like I said, again, to the NFL draft during this quarantine time to keep my mental sanity. Um, but we're going to take a brief break after the break. I cannot wait to get into the last dance documentary and my thoughts on it. Uh, I'll catch you guys on the other side of the break. Welcome back to the Manly Man's Podcast. We're on the other side of the break, and we're going to be talking about The Last Dance documentary, currently airing on ESPN and outside of the United States on Netflix. 10-part document series about the 1998 Chicago Bulls. Let's get into it. On Sunday, April uh, 19th, they aired the first two episodes uh of the last dance documentary i'm going to be sharing some thoughts but before i do that i want to explain to you guys and you guys are probably in uh you know depending on your age uh probably michael you know who michael jordan and most people know who michael jordan is but i want to explain my experience adam ariano the host of the manly man's experience with michael jordan so I love to play basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport to play. NFL is my favorite uh, sport to watch. Um, 
But having said that, I fell in love with the game of basketball because of Michael Jordan. I'm kind of dating myself here, but I still remember I didn't know anything about basketball until I was in sixth grade. One of my aunts gave me a VHS tape. For those younger listeners out there who don't know what a VHS tape is, you can Google it, but basically it's a cassette tape that would go into a thing called a VCR and uh, stand for video cassette recording or something like that. But anyway, she gave me a copy of the 1988 Jordan Come Fly With Me video. And ever since I popped that into my VCR, I have been hooked on basketball. Absolutely hooked, still to this day. Um, And I've watched every video that he put out since then. Um, He had several in that line, and then ultimately he came out with the Ultimate Jordan Collection. Um, You guys can look it up on Amazon if you guys are interested. I even went to the IMAX theater to watch Jordan to the Max when it first came out. Um, So... I mean, I studied, I studied, I I wore that tape out. We had to do this thing called rewind, like actually physically rewind um, when he would do specific moves and and just trying to mimic, you know, fadeaway jumpers. How were his feet when he did a certain move? How did he play on defense? Um, So I'm a Jordan nut and I, I, I was looking forward to this documentary so much from the moment they first announced it. And I'm so glad originally it wasn't supposed to come out until June. However, due to everybody being quarantined, thank you, ESPN. Thank you so much or whoever made the decision to release it to the public, to the people. You got to give the people what they want. And I don't know about you guys, but I love the first two episodes. It's actually given me something to look forward to every week now related to sports. So let's get into it. That's my background with Michael Jordan. I know almost everything that you could know about him uh, in the 90s because that is a time uh, before the internet. I mean, we didn't get a chance to see our athletes off the court in the 90s you had no access to them other than if you you know had a subscription to sports illustrated and they happened to do a story on them but nowadays you can tweet your favorite athlete on whatever sport you you know what kind of house they live in if they're doing videos from there you usually know about their families or you can google a picture of them with their family and they're on youtube and instagram and facebook and everything else that wasn't the case in the 90s so this uh documentary crew got embedded with the 1998 bulls uh and they and and it's not lost on me just in case you want to do the math they sat on this footage for 23 years 23 years later they're deciding to release it um you know michael jordan's numbers 23 um so well, so we'll take off from there my thoughts on jordan on the first two episodes i didn't really learn too much um personally myself about jordan's background um other than it's just kind of reminding the kids it's reminding the younger generation how good he was i mean he was absolutely great but more so than his uh talents on the basketball court and a lot of people in today's sports um 
like I can't relate to them because I like I said I mean I, I grew up trying to you know I idolized Michael Jordan like a lot of people did Kobe was the probably the biggest one and he had the same type of mentality more so than their physical physical attributes it's the mental makeup of being a champion and and if you're gonna be a champion in whatever sport that you choose to play or in business or in anything else it takes a particular mindset and I'm you know a lot of the times you can't really make apologies for the decisions that you make you make your decision and you and and you live for greatness and you don't accept anything else and michael jordan is the biggest person personification of greatness and to a lot of people who don't have never had that type of mentality uh, i don't know about you guys again i mean i play local basketball you know at the y or you know whatever gym i choose to at the park but my mentality and then again i'm I, I play recreationally i don't play professionally but um but my mentality every time i step on the court is i'm gonna win i want to i want to win at all costs i don't accept defeat if i lose i can't wait to get back on the court again uh but usually you know we try to run the table at the park you know we try to stay there on for a, a good hour or two before we lose a game now, i don't accept anything else i don't like playing with guys that are just out there messing around that's just my mentality but this this isn't about me um but you're getting to see jordan's mental makeup in the first two episodes which i already knew about but it's gonna come off to a lot of people as he's a jerk uh which they're they're not wrong you know but it takes that you, you can't be a nice guy necessarily and win a lot of championships. I mean, off the court, yeah, you you, you can you, you can be a nice guy. But when you step on that court, if you want to win multiple championships, you, you kind of have to be a jerk, you know, to 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 get the best out of yourself. Um, and in that vein, you know, a lot of people have been having and they always skip over Kobe, which drives me crazy that. The discussion between LeBron James is LeBron James going to be better than Michael Jordan at the end of his career and they the blasphemy they just skip over Kobe like he didn't even exist and, and you know rest in peace Kobe and, and Gianna and everybody who died in that helicopter crash but I watched Jordan's pretty much his entire career I watched Kobe's entire career and I've watched LeBron's entire career and Kobe is the only person that should even be mentioned in a sentence with Michael Jordan when you're comparing somebody who can play to the standards of Michael Jordan LeBron James is a great player he's gonna be a top 50 NBA player top 10 NBA player but he doesn't even come close to Michael Jordan not even put it this way you're gonna see various people in the documentary talking about michael jordan that were on his team and that were not on his team michael jordan was feared by his teammates michael jordan was feared by his opponents lebron has never been feared as a competitor on the court by his contemporaries he he doesn't even intimidate little steph curry is not intimidated steph curry will go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him and not think twice about it the only guy that was willing to kind of go head to head uh, with uh, Michael Jordan, and you'll see it kind of in the documentary, was Reggie Miller. And he had that same attitude. They could not stand each other. They talked the most trash to each other. You don't really see that in today's NBA. Um, so another thing that this documentary is bringing to light is you could just skip me with all that lebron jordan conversation watch the documentary and then you make your own decision but is it fair to lebron i mean it it, it just is what it is man like you can't compare the two they're two completely different players and they're nothing alike 
nothing alike. Um, just from that man, like the point that I just made, he's not really feared by by fellow competitors. I mean, they know he's on the other team, but he's not feared like Michael Jordan was feared uh, on the court. Um, another area that I want to talk about uh, the Last Dance documentary was Scottie Pippen. Jordan gave Scottie Pippen, you know, one of the biggest props in the documentary by saying, look, I never he these are his words and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I never won without Scottie Pippen. So if you're going to talk about Jordan, you talk about Scottie Pippen. He gave him his props, which he does deserve. You kind of got a chance to see the greatness of Scottie Pippen. For those of you who didn't know about Scottie Pippen. And the other thing that this was new to me was, uh, I mean, I knew about Scottie Pippen, the basketball player, but I didn't know anything about his life off of the court. Like, I didn't know he had 12 brothers and sisters. I didn't know that his dad had a stroke in front of him. You know, that can be pretty traumatic. And then his brother got paralyzed too, you know? I mean, that was cool that the the producers and the director of, of the Last Dance documentary took the time to give you a little background on Scottie Pippen because, I mean, unfortunately, because he played with Michael Jordan, he always, he always got overshadowed uh, by Michael Jordan. Uh, so you never really saw a video backstory uh, about Scottie Pippen. So I really love that. I love seeing that. Um, and then a lot of people have been talking about this, which I'm going to give you my opinion about it. Scottie Pippen was, and I didn't know that either, was one of the most underpaid number twos in the game. He, he's part of the most dynamic duo now, but he made the decision. So let me, let me walk you guys through it. In 1991, Scottie Pippen signed a seven year deal worth $18 million. Not $18 million a season, $18 million divided by seven. So if you do some rough math, I'm not saying that I'm good at math, unless it comes to money, it equates to roughly mm, a little like $2.5 million a season. Can you even imagine that? Like $2.5 million a season? That's crazy. Even winning all those championships. But let's rewind the tape a little bit. The owner, Jerry Reinsdorf of the Chicago Bulls, even told him, and it's said in the documentary, this is not a good deal. I don't think you should take it. Now, if somebody's telling you that, why would you sign the dotted line? Now, Scottie Pippen addressed that issue in the documentary and said that the reason he signed it, he wanted to take care of his family. And that's, adm that's admirable. That's honorable. He bought his mom a house. He took care of his people. Again, had 12 brothers and sisters, and he... You know, he didn't really want to take that gamble of, of getting injured and not being able to take care of his family. But then it came back to bite him in the long run, because if the owner already laid out the conditions of a contract and then and then goes a step further and tells you, I don't even think it's a good deal. I mean, then later it, it, it led to animosity with the GM, Jerry Krause and the owner, because he wanted to renegotiate his deal. But he had already signed the dotted line and Michael Jordan talked about that and he felt like Scottie Pippen should have uh, honored his contract, which he did for the most part, except for in that last season when he chose to postpone foot surgery that he could have had in the summer and the offseason and been ready for the 1998 uh, season. 
uh, in the beginning of the season. But that that just that's a life lesson for all of us out here, you know, manly men out here in the world. And I and I mentioned it on one of my more popular podcasts, uh, Habits of a Successful Man. If you're good at something, never do it for free. And Scottie Pippen chose to do it for next to nothing, basically almost free. Now eventually he got his money when he was over the hump when he signed with the tra- Trailblazers, but he left money on the table, and that's money he can never get back. I mean, if the only person in Scottie Pippen should be mad at is himself and his agent i mean just think about that that's i mean okay let's put it in perspective which they went on to they went into it in the documentary he wasn't even the second highest paid player on his team he was the sixth highest paid player on the chicago bulls people like um bill cartwright i think john paxson uh, other players were making more on his own team and in the nba manly man stat for the day he was the 122nd highest paid play NBA player. 100, 122 players. Now, you can't lie to me and tell me that 121 other basketball players were better uh, than Scottie Pippen to deserve getting paid more than him. But, you know, that's why you see players now. And LeBron definitely learned from that. That's a kudos I can give LeBron where... Even Phil Jackson said it when he was in New York that LeBron's uh, posse, you know, is holding the NBA hostage because LeBron has never signed. I think the longest contract he had was when he first came into the league and that was mandatory for rookies, which was the seven years that he spent in Cleveland. And every uh, every time after that, he's only signed four year deals. And he's done that him and his team uh, with Rich Paul, his agent. They've gotten the most amount of money. I mean, he got paid basically. Let's see. He's on his fourth contract, I believe, LeBron, and he's gotten paid at every single step. I mean, before he stepped, his played his first NBA basketball game, he had already got paid $100 million from Sprite and Nike. At 18 years old, he had already made $100 million just off those two endorsements. So kudos to LeBron, the businessman, um, and shame on Scottie Pippen, the businessman. But moving forward, the documentary also went into... Uh, Jerry Krause, who was the GM of the team from the 80s all the way until the 2000s, basically, which is uh, one of Jerry Reinsdorf's closest friends and was a baseball scout for the White Sox because Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the Bulls, also owns the Chicago White Sox. And I guess Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson and all them used to, you know, belittle him and this and that. But one of the things that this documentary, at least in my opinion, you know, Jordan can, you know, say whatever he wants and he gave it to him at his hall of fame speech and and all this and that you know you got to give credit to 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 jerry Krause for putting those pieces around jordan uh all those years to keep them in contention and for them not to appreciate him uh you know i think that was a travesty and now jerry Krause, jerry kraus rest in peace has has died uh already so he's not getting to to, to, to see this documentary but i think a lot of people uh that didn't know what was going on behind the scenes myself me being one of them um i'm coming away with it with a different appreciation for jerry cross i never really understood when i watched the hall of fame speech um why jordan was so angry with jerry cross like like man that was kind of vicious what he did but and i still don't really understand it um 
that's a guy who put all the pieces in place for you guys to be successful all those years now where i don't agree with jerry krause is dude when you have a band that's won six straight champions or six championships you have one of the winningest uh head coaches and you tell him in his final season that it doesn't matter if he goes 82 and 0 it's his last season that's where I talked about at the top of the podcast where the male ego, there was a lot of egos on that team and everybody wanted to get credit for, for, um, all the success that they were having. Everybody wanted to have their time in the limelight, including Jerry Krause, the GM, um, you know, the male ego doesn't help us a lot in, in, in uh, how do you want to say it in few, the times that we are now, the most recent example of that is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant sucks, man. He left his team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, to join up with the enemy at the time, which kept beating them, which was the Golden State Warriors. And even then, he won two back-to-back NBA Finals, two back-to-back Finals MVPs. And he chose to join the Brooklyn Nets because he didn't like Steph Curry or that he he wanted to be top dog on somebody else's team. So, you know, that oftentimes our ego is not our amigo, guys. I'm going to keep saying that. You know, and you're going to see it a lot throughout this documentary. Well, that's what uh, uh, the talking points that I wanted to get into about The Last Dance on the first two episodes. And they haven't even got to Dennis Rodman yet. I think Dennis Rodman's going to be uh, shown on the next episode three and episode four. I can't wait, man. <laughs> Dennis Rodman, I don't think he could have played in the NBA with Instagram and the internet era with all the things that he was doing off of the court, which we're going to get a, a, a front row seat to, to see. And I can't wait. Um, I hope you guys stay safe out there during this uh, epidemic. Uh, thank you guys for listening again. Um, Till the next time we meet, you guys stay up and stay to the grind. <laughs>